Today on Locked On Red Wings, Carter Mazur is the player of the month for the National Collegiate Hockey Conference. Amadeus Lombardi is out to a hot start with the Flint Firebirds and plenty of Griffins like Simon Evanson to update you guys on in this prospect update episode of Locked On Red Wings and, of course, previewing the Washington Capitals matchup. Locked on Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I am a podcast producer for WWJ News Radio 950. Well, Scotty is the free uh, the host of Locked On Tigers and a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And today is kind of the second part of uh, my canvassing of what you guys wanted to hear us talk about in these two off days. Number one was the goaltending situation, uh, which we talked about in yesterday's episode. And today we're going to talk about the prospects and how they're doing down in their respective clubs. Um, but before we can get to that and the game preview on the uh, third segment, uh, we have to do a news update. Giovanni Smith was sent down to the Grand Rapids Griffins. That was Technically, what, Tuesday's info, but we're talking about it today. Uh, that was a kind of obvious move that was going to happen as Michael Rasmussen's suspension is over, so there's not really a lot to break down there. But Michael Rasmussen comes back, so your depth improves by just having him. And, you know, whatever role he has in this team, Michael Rasmussen as that third or fourth line center, it's going to be an improvement over Giovanni Smith. And hopefully, you know, I don't know how big of an impact a guy like him is going to have against the Washington Capitals. And we'll talk about that, but having better depth is always a good thing. So we're happy to have him back after the BS suspension. Yeah, the suspension was was a a load of crapola for sure. Um, yeah, no, not not too much. Just a, a news thing at the top of the show. Not really too much analysis there. Just like the obvious move, you called him back up, and he'll probably fill that role a lot this season. And whether it's suspensions or injuries or whatever. If a winger goes down, it's, it's probably Giovanni first call, I would imagine. Uh, I think that's really the only analysis with this move is just like, hey, oh, well, we'll see when Bergeron's healthy. Maybe that changes. But for now, you know, I, I think it's really just if if a forward goes down, Giovanni's going to be the first call probably. Yeah, absolutely. And with that, let's move on to talking about the, the main topic of today's episode and give you guys updates. And we'll lead with the, the big news. Uh, Carter Mazur is the NCHC National Collegiate Hockey Conference Player of the Month. Um, of As of that announcement, he is fourth with game – or has four game-tying goals game, – sorry, not game-tying goals. Four game-winning goals, first in the NCAA, 10 goals total, tied first in the NCAA, and 12 total points. And that's only in eight games played with the University of Denver. He – is he was great last year and he's taken a huge step forward in his development. He is a guy who is looking a lot, look like he's taking a lot, a big step forward. And you see it in a lot of those highlights they used in that video. The they're calling it the Mazer Laser because the kid can shoot, man. His ability to score off a rush is great. That's a sick nickname. That's oh, yeah. a sick nickname. Even if it was just the laser, that goes crazy, bro. That oh, goes yeah. crazy. Let the Mazer Laser. And I mean, He's the guy that I wanted to talk about leading off because he and Cross Hannes, I think, and we can talk about Cross Hannes as well, um, but he was one of the guys that I think surprised both of us the most in how fast their development has been uh, 
in their uh, in their since their draft class because you know the, yeah. all eyes are focused on guys like Simon Edmondson and now Marco Casper and Sebastian Costa because those are your first round guys. Once you get out of the first round, you know some of the hype kind of dies off, and he and Cross Hannes especially have really impressed me during training camp and during development camp and during the prospects tournament, just how good that they've looked compared to last year. And in fact, when we had red Savage on uh, what a month or two ago, and we were talking about him, I mean, he kept talking about Carter Mazur and how good he's looked. And, you know, part of that's because they've played together and they're buddies, but it, it speaks a lot when you have teammates singing your praises as well. Yeah, for sure. And, and I, I think, they have parts of the conversation that are similar with the two of them and, and part that I, I think are like more unique. And, and one of the things that has been abundantly clear, like you said, kind of this entire, this entire, well, I don't want to say fall because like it started in the summer, but like this entire season, I guess we'll say so far is that they have really shown out and, and we talked about, we talked about Cross Hannes a lot in the yeah. prospects tourney, right? Like just how good he looked. And I think maybe, I don't know, like, but, but that was, that was somebody that, that we really highlighted and we're like, look, this dude is, look, looks really good. And Mazer somebody that maybe we, I don't know, I don't want to say overlooked, but maybe didn't talk about as much as Hannes necessarily, but both of them looked really good. And, and Hannes was, I mean, a guy that, again, the entire prospects tourney, even leading into like red and white game, then the preseason for a little bit, the beginning there, like he's somebody that everybody was super impressed with. So it's super cool for both of them to see them get off to good starts at, at their respective levels too. Yeah. Cross Hannes looked good in the preseason too. I don't think that Carter Mazur played preseason because the university yeah, Denver season began, but he looked really good during the development camp and stuff like that. Yeah. He, he impressed, but cross Hannes, he, you know, he earned that little title of cross crease Hannes because of those right. cross crease passes he was making. And he's having a pretty good start to the season too. It's not nearly as on fire as was um, Carter Mazur's was, but it's been pretty good too. He's so far this season. Where is he at? I look, just looking at it. seven games of the Grand Rapids Griffins. He's got five points, three goals and two assists. So for a guy in your first professional season, he's off to a pretty good start. Five points in seven games in the AHL is pretty impressive. So he's somebody who I think has a lot, a little bit more um, ingenuity to him and the way that he plays and his ability to see the uh, play more and create, find his teammates. I think Carter Mazur sees the play very well too. I don't want to take that away from him. But Cross Hannes is very good at finding his teammates and making plays where Carter Mazur just comes, yeah, he's, he's comes off a little bit more of a pure score to me. For sure. No, I, I think playmaking ability is a big thing. And especially, again, like we we talk so much about the depth of this team and where it sits currently. And and these are these are guys that I think if they were on the wings a couple of years ago, would already people would be clamoring for like, Oh, like get them up here, get them up here, you know, whatever. And now we're at a point where the, the forward core and, and just the team in general is so much deeper that now you're looking around and you're like, these guys can kind of marinate a little, really take steps forward at their, especially down there in the a, like you, you can really kind of wait and, and let them develop and, let them take the steps forward and improve in areas that they need to, and then call up when the time is ready. Or again, like if we really just have an injury bug go through the locker room, you know, you can call on somebody like that. Like it's just, it's, it's very, it's very cool to see the depth of this organization as a whole 
just continue to take steps forward. And and as people move up, just again, not even just the A, but like down to, you know, the collegiate level, obviously. Right. And then like up to the E and like everything is, is, it's just very nice to see. I think it's kind of a testament. I know I'm a little off track here, but I think it's kind of a testament to, to the the depth and, and the improvement of the organization top to bottom that we're talking about these, these dudes at the current levels that they're at and, not talking about like, a, oh, like, you know, rush them up type of conversation. It's like, hey, they've got really good starts to the season. Let's see how they finish out at their respective levels. So we started this conversation talking about a second and a third round pick, respectively. But let's transition and talk about those first round picks. Um, let's start with a guy that's been bounced, bouncing around between the ECHL and the AHL and Sebastian Cosa. And a lot of that reason behind that has to do with the fact that they're just trying to maximize his playing time. He's only played two games with the Grand Rapids Griffins thus far. And his first game was a decent one. It wasn't great, but it wasn't horrible. But his second game, he got blown out. And right now on the season, just two games played, incredibly small sample size because they're bouncing between Ukinora, Bratstrom, and Sebastian Kosa. But he's got a goals against average of 350 and a save percentage of 851. Again, I'm just like not at all concerned about that. Like this is so much just like I did not expect Sebastian Kosa to go to the AHL and just tear it up year one because that's not how goalies are. This is just so much and like all these guys are all development years, but this for Kosa is like a development year. Not the he's close kind of year. It's the this is a year where he literally just is trying to figure out and get the bad things out of his game. First game he looked okay. Second game he didn't look good. Wookie Nora didn't look good in uh his recent game either. All three goaltenders for the Grand Rapids have a sub nine hundred save percentage. Not great. But Kosa, the one that as the one we're watching, you know, I'm not at all worried, especially when you consider his age and the fact that he played in a particularly weak division in the WHL where he ran the gambit hasn't been challenged yet. So this is the first time he's going to get challenged at the professional level. I mean, that's a hell of a way to make your debut in the Grand Rapids Griffins with the in the AHL. So I'm not concerned about, especially with two games played, about his statistics. I'm just it, it's going to take time and it could, it's going to take several years for him to fi- figure it all out. Yeah, absolutely. This is not a, a year at all. And, like, there's some people that are already, like, you know, COSA season, right? Like, in, at the NHL level because Ned got off to a slow start. That's preposterous and it's not happening. Um, and and you're you're a ways away from that conversation even being – there's three goalies in the AHL, and they would go to two of them before COSA. Like, he is, he, he is nowhere close to itching the NHL roster as it stands currently. But it's also worth noting, you know, he has two games in the EHL as well, and he had an over 900 save percentage in two games down there. Yes. So he's played four games so far this season, two in the A and two in the ECHL. And um, the, the, the ones down in Toledo went a, a little bit better than the ones in Grand Rapids. But, yeah, this is a huge adjustment year for him, like massive, right? You're Again, you're going from, you're going from a completely different – league and and a much better competition like going from the whl to to i know again a couple of starts in toledo but really uh straight to the ahl and in grand rapids is a huge difference uh so yeah i mean all around just this is like you said this is a big development year and no one should be a expecting him to be anywhere close to a, the Red Wings roster as yeah. on in November of 2022. That's insane to insinuate. Uh, but also, uh, I think we, we need to even if he struggles and has like a save percentage in the high 800s this season. I think again we need to chalk it up to he is the third goaltender in Grand Rapids, and there's he's there for for a reason. And if he gets you know he's gonna 
bump down to Toledo and do that stuff that he's been doing if he goes too long without a start or whatnot. But like th- this is a huge development year for him and just getting used to the ice, getting used to to this level of competition and all of that. So yeah, yeah, th- th- this is sh- like no one should be looking at two games in the AHL in 2022 for this kid and and think any differently of him for sure. But I'm really intrigued and excited about what uh, what what his numbers are going to look like by the end of the season for sure. Yeah, it's just crazy when I mean you haven't been hearing it too much, so I'm not going to try and blow it out of proportion. But you do hear rumblings every every once in a while, of people being like, "Oh man, maybe they took the wrong goalie." Like, what? Did, why did Eisman take this guy? He doesn't look good. It's like, dude, it's like 20. Like, chill. Yeah. <laughs> He's a goalie, it's and a they take time. Away. It's a long ways away from him being an NHL goalie. He needs to work on. You'd rather him be bad now than when he gets ready to be it, like a few years down the line. Like this is where Correct. he does. He needs to be bad. You know, so few players. Are just amazing from the get-go. So few. Especially but, goalies, yeah. Especially goalies. Uh, when we come back, I'm going to talk, continue this conversation with you guys about the first-round draft picks, and then we'll move on to some other guys. We'll talk about Edmondson. We'll talk about Casper. But first, got to talk to you guys today about BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball and hockey season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, and podcasts, and in-depth analysis on any on every game. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Segment two, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Let's talk about Simon Edmondson and his play so far down in uh, with the Grand Rapids Griffins, and he's he's been pretty good uh, to start out. You know, he hasn't played every single game. I believe he's played six of the seven that the team has had. Let me just get back over to that page. I was on the goalie tab, guys. Sorry. <laughs> back over to the players tab now. Um, he's got six points in six games. He's averaging a point per game. He's a plus minus zero, so he's, you know, not a hugely positive impact, but not a hugely negative impact. It's hard to tell with plus minus because it's such an unreliable stat as well. And at, when you play at the AHL level, you don't have access to the advanced statistics we usually do when we talk about NHL caliber players. But Simon Edmondson, point production-wise, has showed out very well. And he, his plus minus is in a good spot through six games played. I mean, this is – we talk about when you compare this to Sebastian Kosa – for Simon Evanson, yes, it's still like a development year. You want him to work out some of those bad habits. But in terms of how close he is to the NHL level, he is much closer. Like he's one of those players who's on the cusp of being an NHL player compared to Sebastian Kosa. So you want to see good performance and you want to see good production. And he's a defenseman, so numbers aren't everything. And I, I am aware of that. But seeing six points in six games, one goal and five assists, in particular the assist category is what I like to see. So seeing that out of him, it's nice to see. And he's got a shooting percentage of 11%, which is pretty dang good uh, for a defenseman. But that also shows that he's probably not taking a lot of shots either because if he's got one goal and a shooting percentage of 11, uh, 11%, I mean, that means he's got just, what, about 10 shots on the season. So he's yeah. passing the puck a lot so far early in the season. But he's been very clearly been a positive asset on the defensive core. And he's close, man. He's close. We, we said that during preseason is that he's got a few things in his game. He's got to work out. But he's close. Um, he might. It, it might take till next year till he's a full time NHLer. I think that they might uh, activate that entry level slide for him this season if he gets playing time. But um, yeah, he's he's close, man. Yeah, he's close, and and 
I think I don't know how much you've been able to to see of him or if you've seen some of the videos going around of of his play, but shout out ice hockey gifts, man. Absolutely. That's just the 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 dog. That's a that's a heck of a Twitter account. You get to see a lot of the Red Wings prospects that way. But um it's just watching him on the ice, he is insurmountably more confident down there right now than he appeared to be yeah. just skating wise than he appeared to be in the preseason this year. And that's one of the things that we really talked about a lot and really highlighted as one of the reasons why he probably should go down to Grand Rapids to start off the season was just, you know, he he, he almost looks kind of timid or passive at times and just need to get that confidence under him. And it'll come and he'll be fine. I think he'll be a great defenseman in this league for a long time. And um, I, it's really nice to see him go down there and, and look the way that he looks so far and, and just look way more confident. Just, I mean, just like on a, on a shift to shift basis, almost he, he just looks way more confident and, and is skating with a lot more purpose and a lot more intent. It seems like, so we'll see if the shots go, number goes up. Maybe that's a, a different part of, of, you know, confidence or whatever, but just as far as being out on the ice, it, it's, it really is night and day. And so hopefully he continues to take steps forward and can then translate over that to the NHL level when he's ready. Absolutely. And let's continue the conversation into another Grand Rapids defenseman uh, that is in the Red Wings system. And that's uh former third round pick Donovan Sobrango. And he's a guy who, you know, I'm looking forward to a lot, a guy who is, and this is something the Red Wings really need a defensively sound defenseman. He's got a plus one so far throughout the season. He's got, I believe, one goal and one assist with the Grand Rapids Griffins. He's a guy who, I mean, if you remember during World Juniors, he made simple plays, but they were always very well done. He never did too much. He's one of those guys who kind of lives by the philosophy of just do your job and do it well. So he's right. not going to like wow you with his hands, but he's going to play a good defensive game. And so far, um, early in the season, only four games played as they have a lot of players in the HL level as it's a farm system. So they rotate in and out, but he's looked pretty solid. And so I'm Again, looking forward depth, to, by the way. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing what Donovan Sobrango can, can bring as the season continues, because he's a guy that I'm really excited for, for the Detroit Red Wings, as this team desperately needs defensive defensemen. For sure. And I'm really pumped for him to just, as the season goes on, get a bigger and bigger role down there, because I think, that that is uh, a guy that, well, I mean, Lord knows we need defense at, in this organization. And, and at the top level, we need improved defense from anybody. So I, I'm really excited in that regard. But yeah, I'm, I'm pumped to see. I think he's, if you had to ask me one player that I think would have a much bigger role by like in, in April than they did at the very start of the season, I think he would probably be my number one answer just because I think that he is the most room to grow and, and has the most ability to really take over a, a more prominent role with the current team that he's with of, of all the prospects we're probably going to talk about here. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge fan and I am very much looking forward to this season specifically for him because of how much room I think there is to grow and how much leash they're kind of giving him to, to improve down there. Yeah, let's continue the trend on defensemen, too, because let's go across the ocean to uh, Sweden. Talk about William Wallander in the SHL playing for Rogla, a uh, second-round pick in 2020. He's off to a hot start with SHL in 14 games played. He's 11 points, four goals, seven assists. He's a defenseman who's touted for his ability to carry the puck out of the zone. Not a player we get to see a whole lot of outside of what, again, Isaac gives posts on Twitter. 
but it's nice to see that his production, I mean, last year with Rogelin, 47 games played, he had 19 points. So far through 14, he has 11. And again, for defensemen, it's not all about the point totals, but he's a good puck-moving defenseman who's very good at carrying the puck out of his own yeah. zone into the opponent's zone. So it's not, really it's nice just, to see the production already nearing what he had total last season in the first 14 of this season. For sure, and like not, all players are unique, right? So like if you're looking at a defensive defenseman, you might be having that conversation of like, oh, how much do points really tell the story? But for him specifically and his style of play, that's a dude that, is, like you said, is very well-known and was very well-known um, you know, when he was younger for being that kind of quarterback almost back there and at the blue line. And so that's really good to see him with good point totals just because of the style that he plays with. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I get more and more excited about him every day. I'm, I'm really pumped for the day that he, uh, he comes to this side of, of the planet for sure. Absolutely. And oh, Scotty, we got three more players I want to talk about, uh, one of which is a first round draft pick and we got to talk about him. So we can't yeah. avoid talking about Marco Casper. I... We'll, we'll talk about him and two other guys very briefly and getting into our game preview on the other side of this break. Stay tuned to Lockdown Red Wings. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Let's get to Marco Casper. He's the one that everyone wants to hear us talk about or one of the, the ones dog. everyone wants to hear us talk about. Uh, Marco Casper so far with in the SHL, he is playing with Rogla as well, teammate of uh, William Wallander this season. In 14 games played, he's got 10 points, three goals, seven assists. Um, good numbers out of him playing his third season in the SHL. Now, the first season, he only played 10 games. Second season, he played 46. And uh, this year, he's already... So last year, he only had 11 points in 46 games played. He's got 10 so far in 14. So just like William Wallander, he's getting an increased role, and he's stepping up to the occasion as his production numbers raise. And that is something that Steve Eiserman touted when he drafted him. He says that we think he has underrated hands and underrated production. And that so far, that is coming true. Now, whether or not he becomes worthy of where the Red Wings drafted him there at 8th, it remains to be seen, but he is going to be, you know, a fur he's going to be a top six, four, hopefully in the NHL. And so to see his production jump up like this and see him being able to create plays and sometimes even save plays on the things that we're seeing on Twitter, just his ability to be in the play, interrupt the other team trying to break out the puck. And then also, um, create some of his own is really reassuring to see because it's three goals, seven assists. So while he is finding the back of the net, he's finding his teammates to find the back of the net more often than not, which is, uh, you know, <laughs> you need that too. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you what, I'm not sure I've ever seen more defensive like clips out of a forward prospect in my entire life, which is yeah. like great and awesome. But it's it's just it's fascinating that and not a but and like it, that's awesome right like that there's no downside of that that is very cool and so seeing him with the 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 offensive production that you, you just listed along with the fact because on draft night that's even what we were told right we were like hey this dude may not have the the like one C star potential that that a lot of these dudes in the top ten or some of these dudes I should say in the top ten might have but. When it comes to like two-way forwards, this dude is one of the best in the class. Like he's going to play really good defense and be really productive offensively. That is what we are seeing. And and again, like I, I wish there was more tape on on him. And as he continues to climb up through the rankings, there will be more and more. But for now, we we have what we have, and and we have a lot of defensive plays and like really good disruption, honestly, from a forward, which is awesome to see. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, now north of us, Scotty, from where both of us are, you go to Flint, you look at the Firebirds. Amadeus Lombardi, fourth, fourth round draft pick um, in this past year's draft. Amadeus Lombardi, we talk, joked about it having one of the S tier name, you know, badass names in yeah. the Red Wings system next to Red Savage. And he's off to a pretty hot start. You know, he had good numbers last year at the Flint Firebirds, 59 points in 67 games played. So far through 13, he's got 16. He's averaging over a point per game, five goals, 11 assists. Unfortunately, there's not a lot of tape on Amadeus. So there's not much we can break down with his play. So just but just solely based on looking at the stats, it's nice to see that a fourth-round draft pick at the OHL level is performing well, and hopefully he can continue this and take the next step, get signed to an ELC, because you, know, you want every single draft pick you can to pan out as best you can. He's currently tied 14th in the OHL for uh, total points, which is just nice to see. Like I said, unfortunately, not a lot to break down without the tape, though. You want to go? You want to go? go Are you asking him? me? Yeah, let's do it. I'm down. Yeah. I, I I have like family up there. We can go whenever. I'm All down. right, cool. Bet. Yeah, let's do All it. All right, cool. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll go watch them because I I love Firebirds games for starters. Been going to those. Um, like I said, my my whole life I got a lot of family up there. But yeah, that's that. And like like you said, there's not a, a ton to break down just because of the lack of tape. But it's nice to see production, and, and I think it, it's cool. Again, like it's just it's so nice and refreshing to see so many different prospects at so many different levels like the, the, or again, like I, a broken record, but like the organizational depth that this yeah. team has right now is just so much better than it has been in so long. And it, it's just, it's really refreshing and nice to see, you know, that, that kind of evenly spread out, you know, like, Oh, we got a, a couple of prospects in each league really below us that are, that are trying and in college and, and whatever that, that are trying to take steps forward. So yeah, super cool. Super cool. Yeah. And so the last guy I have on my list is Dmitry Buchnilikov. He was a second round pick by the Red Wings 52 overall this past year. He's 19, five foot 10 left winger. You drafted him as a guy. He's known to score. He's flashy and he's a goal scorer. The Red Wings took a flyer on him in the second round as somebody they think could develop into an elite goal scorer at the NHL level. He's bounced around in the KHL between the KHL, the VHL, and the MHL. He had one goal at the KHL level with Petersburg. Um, the other two are the other levels, so to speak, of the AHL, like the affiliate clubs uh, in the Neva, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. St. Petersburg, he's got five goals, two assists for seven points in six games. And with 1946 St. Petersburg, he has got four goals, four assists for eight points in two games played. So he's been bouncing around a little bit, but in the tape that we've seen on Twitter, the dude can score. He's fast. He's got hands and he can flashy. shoot. He's flashy. flashy. That's what they drafted him for. I mean, they are, like, they are, they are good looking goals too, man. Yeah, no, he's, he's fun. That, that's a fun player right there for sure. It, it He's kind of reminds me of an Andre, Andreas Athanasiu where it's all offense, but defense is going to be a question mark. So if he can develop a little bit of a defensive game, he could be a legitimate threat. But that, as far as prospects go, those are the ones that popped out to me. Guys, I wanted to go talk about, sure. just give shout outs to some of them. Because again, at some of these levels, we don't have a bunch of uh, tape. But how about speaking of prospects? How about Elmer? He passes. Did he? How many? We've played nine games. So yeah, he, he's going to be playing his tenth. Right. So after he plays ten, I mean, I would presume, right? That well, he's so like here. 
Yeah, he's not eligible for entry level slide regardless. So either way, you're burning a year on his contract. He's right. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. So, but yeah, I mean, it, it is it, it is a big thing. Like if he, you were of the mindset this was a tryout for him, he's passed the tryout and he's looked really sure. good. So, um, Washington Capitals game that's happening tonight. By the time you're listening to this, as we hit close to the 29 minute mark, <laughs> let's talk about that. The Washington Capitals so far this season are five, four, and two. They're fourth in the Metropolitan Division. They've played 11 games so far, so they got a couple extra games on you. Um, they've currently are on a two game losing skid, losing in Carolina, then losing at home to the Golden uh, Knights. That's uh, two tough teams to play against, and they've mm-hmm. lost. Uh, but they, you know they're the Washington Capitals. They their window may be closing, but it's not closed yet. They do have a couple key injuries, Scotty, in that John Carlson is day to day. Connor Brown tore his ACL and had to have uh, surgery. And then on Halloween, TJ Oshie with a lower body injury is out indefinitely. So those are three key injuries to the Washington Capitals and a team that already struggles with youth to keep it up. But luckily they have guys like Alexander Ovechkin, who's still being Alexander Ovechkin and their goaltending is really stellar as both Darcy Kemper and their backup have well over 900 save percentages on the season. So, I mean, you talk about wanting to have a bounce back game. Capitals are still a really good team, and this is a team you want to have that bounce back game against. Absolutely. And and again, you, you mentioned all the reasons why this is a very obtainable game. Like this is a, a game that you very much can go out there and make a statement in. And that's not to say that, you know, Washington is some, you know, like super thin, oh, they're going to be terrible because of a couple injuries team either. Like that, that would still be an impressive win. And in a again, we've said it a million times in a stretch of really tough games in in a, in a really, in a really tough stretch. Like that's, that's a a win that you kind of need. Like, and and I, I, I don't want to keep saying you need wins or all these are must wins or whatever. Cause obviously they're not, but, but in a a tough stretch where you've been getting pumped, we, we really need, we really need something here. I mean, I would consider this almost a statement game for the Detroit Red Wings. I mean, granted, this isn't, you know, I want to say Toronto, maybe believe it's their Tampa Bay Lightning, but they've started the season kind of slow. But in terms of, like, talent, you know, you st- obviously they're still a really good team and have Alexander Ovechkin, but it's not the Washington Capitals team of old, but it's still very much a statement game. Like, this is a team that's going to be contending for a playoff team playoff spot, and I, I predicted they will clinch. I think a wild card is what I said by the end of the season. This is still a very good team all the way around. And this is a statement game. I mean, like we talked about last two episodes, they've gotten pumped in three of the last four games, the Detroit Red Wings, that is. You need to go out there and prove that that's, that's not the it. That's not it. You know, you have to go out there and play a good defensive game. This is a team that has a good defense, the Washington Capitals are, and they got good goaltending. Like I said, Darcy Kemper has a save percentage of 928, while Charlie Lindgren in three games played as backup has a save percentage of 918. So goaltending is good. Defense in front of the goaltending is playing good. And they're both of their goals saved above expected are well in the positive. Both Kemper and Lingren, if you're looking at individual stats, how they've played because save percentage, you know, obviously they're making the saves they need, but defense can help mitigate the types of quality of shots that they're facing and goal save above expected tries to, you know, find out how well the goaltender is playing based on, when weighing in those quality shots, Darcy Kemper has is a 4.39 goal save above expected, which means he has saved almost four and a half goals by playing above the level or by playing so well. And while Charlie Lindgren is at 2.2, both of these guys have saved more goals than they've let in when you're weighing the shot quality. 
I mean, they're both playing extremely well. So you got a good defense you're playing against, and you got a good goaltending, and you have a potent offense. And um, Alexander Alexander Ovechkin and Dylan Strome's off to a hot start as well. So there's a lot of different guys on this team that you got to look at, and it's a complete team. And they're 15th on power play, and they're 15th on penalty kill. Like this is an all around really good team. And this is why it's a statement game for the Detroit Red Wings because there's no one weakness you can point out and go, you got to target that if you want to win. You have to play a complete 60 minutes if you want to beat the Washington Capitals. You need your defense to have some semblance of existing. Yeah. Like that's like, really what, what a lot of a lot of this is going to come down to. This is a good offense with, with a lot of prolific scores. This is a, a team that you need the defense – to step up in if you want a chance to win this hockey game. How about Nick Jensen too? Seven points in eleven games played. How man, about him? Man? I was yeah. a big Nick Jensen fan when he was here. I, I yeah. really I liked him. I thought he was going to be good, and then they traded him, and I understood why they traded him because of rebuilds and rebuilds suck. But I liked Nick Jensen a lot. I liked him a lot, man. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's there's not a lot to break down with the Washington Capitals. They're still a really good team, and. They don't have any weaknesses that glare. I mean, they got potent scores. They got a solid defense and they got good goaltending. They're right in the middle of the pack on power play and penalty kill. Like they're just a complete well-rounded team and they're going to compete for a playoff spot. So you got to match that if you want to win. Absolutely. <laughs> um, the over under in this game, Scotty um, and goal totals. Let me find it here for us. Six and a half. It's six and a half, as always. That seems to be the trend in the NHL these days. Um, are you taking the over or the under in this game? I don't know, man. I'll be weird and take the under. I know I said, what, a couple of days ago, I said that I was going to take the over on every game in this stretch. But for this one, I'm taking the under. Why? Why? Because that's interesting because you took the over in the game against uh, the Sabres. And you were right. Yeah. I was wrong. But – I don't know. Oracle moment. No explanation needed. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I'll take the over for sure on this one. Um, and that's really scary because Washington has really good goaltending, but I, I think maybe, that's maybe, why just like, I don't know. I mean, like four to one is still under, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, I, like, so, I know that's kind of like prepping for a loss almost, but like, I don't know. That's where my mindset's at though. I, I mean, maybe I'm a little skittish because of the last game and how they played, but you know, looking at it, I'm just, I, I don't know, yeah, man. I, they, no, I, I want I, them to respond. They need to respond. But after how they performed against three of the last four teams that are really good, because mind you guys, since the New Jersey Devils have pumped the Detroit Red Wings, they've risen to the top of the Metropolitan Division. Yeah. They've gotten hot. And they they were, we talked about it with Trey on that episode. Is We don't need to talk about the Devils. But we talked about with Trey on that episode is that their numbers were great. They just weren't winning games. And now those numbers are resulting in wins. And now they're up there. So, I mean, the three of those four games that you lost are against really good teams. So, you're about to play another really good team, and you have yet to beat a really good team outside of Minnesota who's off to a slow start in the season. So, I, I maybe I'm a little scared. I'm taking the over. Fair enough. But let's hope the Red Wings meet that, that occasion. Uh, any final thoughts? Uh, we ball. We absolutely ball. We'll be back with a new episode tomorrow, recapping the game against the Washington Capitals. A hopeful win. Uh, same time, same place. It's your team every day. Every day.